Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We are back with James Marcita, the former host of Locked On Knicks, still finishing our way through the January mailbag questions. There's a lot of great ones to get through. And Gavin, our first topic that we did in this this third part of our four-part uh, 800th episode celebration for Locked On Knicks was going over some Julius Randle stuff. There was a, a lot of Julius Randle in this episode. Yeah, we kind of get into what his future is on the team. And I think I think it's an important question from uh, our friend Trent Purcell because we, we kind of, he, he's been amazing this year, but we, we want to know what that means going forward. And speaking of the future, we get deep into the future. Question from Jenna Dios. It's opening game for the 2024 season. What's our prediction as to who's on the current Knicks roster is still on the team? So that is a loaded one. We also have an insult at James from Stacey Patton. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Uh, Trent Brussel at holding the ball on Twitter has a, a pretty long question for us here. This came in the form of three tweets. So for discussion, love what Randall... I think he is. <laughs> Who do you think he, you are? This egomaniac. Here's my 12-part question. He's Trent Brussel. Well, you've got airtime with the James Marcita. You're wasting everyone's time with 12 of your questions. Well, wait. Nobody, his handle, want his no. handle is holding the ball, which seems... Yeah, you know, hold this yeah. ball. Hold this ball. <laughs> the left one or the right one um anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway for for discussion love what randall is doing and more than happy to keep cheering for him but we need to remember that he's a piece that will help us eventually get to where we need to go not the quote-unquote piece that will take us there i don't want to pay him more in two years and rely on him as a power forward who is the ball dominant centerpiece of a team who initiates the offense. If a sensible trade present, presents itself at the deadline, we should take it in a heartbeat, otherwise wait until next year and move him then. Either way, we still need a top point guard and more scoring. Uh, not quite a, a question, but I guess to phrase this as a question. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> to, to phrase this as a question, James, because uh, I think Gavin and I already sort of have gone over this at one point or another. Uh, where do you stand on, you know, if Randall can keep up, let's say, 90% of this level of play that he's played through the first 15 games of the year, you know, maybe the shooting percentages come down a little bit, or which I don't think they're going to, but whatever, uh, or just his averages in general come down because of less minutes, shit like that. Uh, yeah. What do you think as far as – I think everybody can pretty much agree if he plays even 90% of what he's at next year's contract easy pickup it's yeah. under 20 million you know whatever what do you think about him beyond that because that'll be his age beyond next year it'll be his age 28 season i think you'd be starting with having to pay him 
um, which would mean probably paying him at least until he's like 31 or 32. So yeah. we're standing on that right now. Uh, I mean, it depends on a lot. And people have written, you know, millions of words on this already. It's obviously such a hot an issue. You said you've addressed it yourself. So there's like a million things you can break it down into. But uh, just in the for the sake of like keeping it shortish, I think one major swing thing is RJ, right? Like if he develops a shot that changes the calculation, the I, like Randall is showing that he can be like a main engine, you know, uh, and certainly one of a couple of main engines. The only thing that holds back, you know, what kind of team you can put together and limits your versatility is if his if if. Randall's shooting doesn't sort of maintain this level. So that's really like, it's like it's his shooting combined with RJ's shooting. If they're both good, why the hell not? Why don't why, I mean, keep them? Yeah. Like if people have to respect a shot, but if they don't and it clogs the lane and like that becomes a, a problem in playoffs, there's a possibility that you're capping yourself out. Like Randall is going to be good and like help teams win. It's a question of how deep a Randall-led team can bring you in the playoffs is what it's going to be and what you've committed to. So that also depends on – I know I said I'd keep it short. But that also depends on, like, what other uh, players you can sign, you know. And, like, it's the roster configuration besides those guys. So uh, it's – there's a lot of things. And if you can't sign guys, then, like, are you just going to not have Randall because he's not ideal, you know, and then, like, have a bum instead? Like, but yeah, if you can replace him with someone better, <laughs> then you should replace him with someone better, as you should with anyone on the roster. So, uh, I, like, it should probably be boiled down into some sort of like percentage take of I think this is what they should do. But I just think there's no need to do that, and you need to sort of ride it out, see what happens, and at the point where you need to make decisions or where options become available to you, you evaluate all the information you have and try to make the right call. I know that wasn't very like takesman of me, but that, that's that's my view. I think. No, I would I would pretty much agree with that. I think all I would say is I think he's very similar to RJ in that I'm I'm fascinated to see how he would shoot as the focal point of defenses in a playoff series. I mean, so far this right. year he's shown he can make like a ton of really like he's he's made NBA superstar shots all season. So that to some extent it shouldn't be a question, but again. You, you get defended a little bit differently in the playoffs in terms of how extreme teams are willing to go in terms of playing off your three-point shot. And he's already seen sure. some of that. And because he's so physical, he can leverage that and say, all right, I'm just going to put my shoulder down and ram right into you and get to the rim. And and, th- and that works sometimes. And if he makes those tough turnarounds, that works. Um, I just I have my questions about that. But, but again, even if the Knicks were ever in serious contention, I think part of what this question is getting at is he, he would not be that number one guy regardless. Um the, the whole thing is just, I, I think it's it's the combo of him and RJ long-term. I think it's it's working right now. I, I think if you're talking about a 51 team, I don't think those two are in your starting lineup, barring, again, a, dr- a dramatic change in RJ's shooting ability, which which makes me think he's he's a trade chip, which is great because he's playing really well right now, so you should be able to get something for him. Yeah, I think my general take on this, like, I'll keep it super brief because, again, I don't know, I... Uh... I mean, we, we talk about other, this like every episode. Yeah, we talk we talk <laughs> about this all the time. I've talked about it on like the last two of the Strickland pods that I've done, or maybe even the last three. Like, I, I say this way too often, but whatever. I, at any rate, I think my take on it at this point that I've kind of settled into is I'm not trying to trade him by this trade deadline for almost any reason, unless some team is willing to literally give me like, I I don't know, like the James Harden package or something. Like, 
something stupid or like even like the Drew Holiday package of like three or four first round picks. Like, I'm sorry, you you just you can't really say no to that. Like, particularly if any of them are attractive picks in any way. Like, let's say the Warriors or something would be like, we'll give you the Minnesota pick for this year plus a few other first round picks. I'd be like, uh, yeah, Minnesota sucks, and this is a really good draft. Like. I think I got to go for that. And then they could have him as their dream on green replacement or whatever. But yeah. Um, other than that, like there's very few things that would really sway me as far as, as far as trading Randall this year, I would wait till next year to make those sort of decisions. See what happens in free agency this year. See what happens in the draft this year, you know, cause you're going to have two first round picks and one of them could end up high in the lotto potentially. Hopefully it's the Mavericks pick. And they, you know, it jumps up to number one and they get Kate Cunningham because that would be the best possible outcome for the KP trade of all time. Um, but, you know, I'd wait till next season. And then maybe next season, if you hit the trade deadline and you're starting to think, eh, you know, Randall, this has been fun, but I don't know if, if he's the guy to take us forward into the future or whatever, then maybe you entertain trading him. Another team can get full bird rights on him, all that good stuff. That's attractive to playoff teams and whatever. And then maybe you look to make a deal, but yeah, that's that's basically my thought on him. But uh, I, don't, I don't think we have to go too much more into that because we all get pretty good takes. Just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing number of makes and models of car, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you want to deal with the pointless lines of questioning? leading you all around trying to figure out what part you need when you know what you need and you're trying to tell these guys like, hey, I just need this. And they ask you all these questions at the desk about things you don't know. And, you know, you really just want to get to your car repair and and get to it and be able to go on with your day. And then, of course, you know, at the brick and mortar auto parts stores, they wind up telling you that they don't have the part in stock. They have to special order it. You get the bill. It's stupidly expensive. And All in all, you just kind of feel like you might have been better off going to the mechanic. That's where rockauto.com comes in to save you like a superhero. They swoop in and offer you the lowest prices, all the parts you need for your car, an easy to sort through online uh, selection at rockauto.com, and some of the best customer service you're ever going to experience. It is a company that has been family owned for 20 years They care so much about making sure that you are satisfied with your purchase, get the lowest price, and get it right to your door. That's probably the biggest selling point. You can order the part on a Wednesday, have it in for the weekend project, whatever, if you want to get it that quick. You know, they'll ship it right to your door and make sure that you have your part that you need. So if you want to pick up some parts for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com right now. And see what they have. I guarantee they're going to have the part that you're looking for for your car or truck. And you'll be able to do some repairs and not break the bank for it. Because they're going to give you the same price that they give anybody. Be it a a mechanic or you or your neighbor or whoever else might want to order a part on there. Everybody pays the same price and they're all the lowest prices on the market. If you decide to pick up a part for your car or truck as well. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Knicks, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. 
and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Plus, we have a really important question right now. This comes from Stacy Patton at Stacy Patton eighty nine, uh, writer for the Strickland, one of a uh, one of our buddies. Uh, <laughs> Stacy asks, more like Lames Marcita, am I right? <laughs> hey, care to comment? He's right. Yeah, he's right. I don't have. I got no, no defense. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. All right, that was the quickest mailbag question we've ever done in our lives. But I just had to add that in there. Nothing like a good good little razzing. In the mailbag. Ah, between bros. I love you, Stace Face. (laughs) People do Uh, call him that. (laughs) Yeah, now he's going to be like, oh, now you're definitely lame. (laughs) You call me Stace Face. (laughs) Uh, My ace. Stace Face. (laughs) Stace Face. (laughs) All right. Uh, Genadios Casotis uh, at Fanatic underscore 21. Ask, hey, for the mailbag. Hey, Jenna Dios, how you doing? Uh, Long-time friend of the show. Yes, there's two parts to this question. Uh, Well, all right, one of them we just kind of asked. So uh, I'll say part two first. Uh, Just to say, do you guys have anything to add to what I just said? A contender wants Randall, what's fair value? What do you you think? I think at this point you're looking at either a top ten pick straight up or I I wouldn't go so far as to say maybe – two first round picks from a perennial contender or a promising young player with like a slightly below all-star level ceiling, but someone who's clearly helpful, like a Mikel Bridges straight up. Uh, I don't know, James, what are you thinking on that? Hmm, that's interesting. I want to know like what contender we're talking about. Cause I'm, I'm with like, you're assume if it's coming from a contender, they're not trying to hollow out their teams. You're assuming you're talking mostly draft capital. Right. So like and like maybe like a decent young player, but no one who's going to blow you away. Otherwise, they're not going to trade him <laughs> for Randall. Like that's just not what, what's going to happen. So it's like which contender has whose picks because you don't want I don't want a contender's first round. Like I don't want the 28th pick for Randall. Like I, that doesn't interest me. Um, so I, I'd have to kind of like break it down. Who, who's the most likely contender who, who would need someone with Randall's strengths? Yeah, that, really that, that's the thing is he doesn't really like if he's not your number one option. What's his utility on a playoff team? Is it is it just a overqualified six man? I really think it's Golden State. I think he would start for Golden State right now. I think that like if Golden State decided we're emboldened by this recent good stretch of Steph play, but he needs help if mm-hmm. we want to actually compete for something this year, like to share creation duties. Yeah, you relegate Draymond to the bench. Like, I mean, it would kind of be shitty for them. Like, it would probably feel like a, a weird thing to do. But I think Draymond would probably try to like slit Randall's throat in his sleep. I, uh, yeah, I think what, there will be blood style. <laughs> wouldn't the Knicks have to take back Wiggins just because of the Warriors' cap? So I think I think what you would do is essentially start Randall at power forward and Draymond at center. In that but scenario, I. Well, I guess you could do that if you want to take Wiseman off the bench. Though. Oh yeah, I forgot about Wiseman. Yeah, I think I think Draymond would, would still start for them. Okay, so let's say you play. Yeah, you play like a new modified death lineup, and you have two. You know, your power forward and your center can both handle the ball a bit and and create and shit like that. And then you have Steph, Ubre, I guess, and who's who's been playing two for them right now? 
And they, they've just been playing big, I think. It's been like Steph, Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, uh, okay. Wiseman. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that would be fine. I, I don't know what their other salaries look like. You might be able to find someone else you could get out of them instead of... Instead and they of have Minnesota's pick? Yeah. But they have Minnesota's pick. Protected, That's a big thing to me. Yeah. I'm like, I would take... I mean, Minnesota's pick is going to be top five lottery. I mean, if, if they win the lottery, well, gonna, <laughs> you, get, you have to do it before, obviously. Right? Yeah, but, it's top three protected again is, is the issue. Is it? I think it like verts into an unprotected pick the year after, if I remember correctly. Okay. I mean, that's still not bad, though. Like, no, I mean, I, I sort of hate that. Then you know th- then you know they're going to win the lottery. Yeah, and the that's Knicks won't get but, it. And then Minnesota will get Cade or whoever is, like, good. And then they'll win 50 games the next year, and it'll be awful. No, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> and I'm not like Mr. Cryboy Knicks fan, but something eh, that I don't like that top three protection. Okay, yeah, well, because they definitely they don't stink. Have a they suck ass. They're gonna have a good. I know the odds aren't as good. The odds aren't as good anymore. But like that to me is a real danger if it's top three protected and you trade for that pick. Yeah, it's yeah. like it'd be like fifty fifty that you get it if they finish with the right. Winner. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, we would all be sitting on pins and needles, man. We'd be like, are we going to get Jonathan Kaminga or are we going to watch them take Cade? Yeah, I was going to say, to, to James's point, you just know it would go badly. There's no way that goes yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. But they still have two other picks, so it would be fine. I don't know. I mean, I mean you've heard me blowing smoke up every Knicks ass on this podcast, so I'm not like doom and gloom, but I don't, I just yeah. don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like know. That. 2022 isn't looking too bad either as far as talent goes. The, so the one argument for it is, is weirdly, in some ways, Wiggins is like, I, I know, I know, he's like never going to be great, but he's shooting really well this year, and only because of that, he's in some ways a slightly better fit than Randall. Except they lose too much creation ability, so I don't know. You could you could make an argument for it. Yeah, he's allegedly defending this year too, but I would want to die if we traded for Wiggins. Just like, <laughs> I would, I would I mean, not handle that. Well. With Tibbs, he had probably his best year yeah. under Tibbs prior to this yeah. year. Right? I mean, if so, anyone can, get, if anyone can get any, something out of him. My God! But then, you, but then you'd have this situation where you'd have Wiggins and the guy that everybody, like everybody, when they wanted to slander RJ the last couple of years, been like he's just another Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, have it's Wiggins the worst. And, it's know, the worst. That would be the worst if they traded yeah. for him. And we'd have, have three Wiggins Canadians and, on our roster, which that's a lot of Canadians. Yeah, it's a lot. You don't you don't know how they That'd all be the silver lining. You don't know how that goes. Are we ready for some football? It is Super Bowl week. Almost. We're, two, we're about 10 days away from the big game, but there is only one place that has you covered for all your prop and game bets and one place we trust. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Alex, I've already told people I, I have no idea where to go on this one. In the conference championship games, for better or worse, I was feeling pretty confident. This game, my inclination is to say, you know what, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to bet against his group of receivers, but their offensive line is completely depleted. Three backups, a lot of seventh-round picks, undrafted free agents against that nasty, fast Tampa Bay defense. You got Tom Brady, as much as I hate to say it, the ultimate winner on the other side of things. I'm not sure, but Alex, can you throw me a prop bet or two that might, might be a little bit more attainable for someone of my betting acumen? Yeah, how about what will be the first song performed by the weekend at halftime? You could say maybe Blinding Lights. Will he lead with the biggest hit that he's got going right now? Will he go to the past, maybe go with The Hills? Or something like I Feel It Coming? Or Starboy? I don't know. Who knows? There's lots of good options there. Uh, Blinding Lights, obviously, is the uh, 
the one that has the lowest potential odds, but still at a plus 180, not too shabby. Uh, you can even <laughs> bet on which Anheuser-Busch branded commercial will run first between Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade, Michelob Ultra, or Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. So riveting stuff with the prop bets, Gavin. But, uh, you know, little known fact, your dog was barking a minute ago. And, you know, if, if he wants to place a bet, he can bet on who's going to win Puppy Bowl 17 between Team Fluff or Team Rough. <laughs> that that might be the more exciting matchup of, of, of the two games. I was going to say, it's pretty amazing that they got Uncut Gems star actor the weekend to perform at the Super Bowl. That, that, that's a great get for the NFL. Anyways, we, we don't want you to sit on the sidelines anymore. We want you to get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, if you haven't heard, is the best tasting protein bar ever. And the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. That's because Built Bar now has 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. The six newest flavors to the lineup are Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. I am a huge fan of the Cookies and Cream one, personally. Plus 12 original flavors like Raspberry, Peanut Butter, Salted Caramel, Toffee Almond, Peanut Butter Brownie, and one of my personal favorites, Coconut Almond. Reminds me of an Almond Joy. It's very, very good. All Built Bars are covered in 100% natural chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew, so you get that candy bar experience without all that candy bar guilt. And that's because Built Bars are good for you. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. For example, the Peanut Butter Bar has 19 grams of protein, compared to just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And Cookies and Cream, again, one of my new favorites, has 17 grams of protein, compared to just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So if you're interested in picking up some Built Bars for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. On the Rejecting the Scream podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Koslov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to the Rejecting the Scream podcast feed after this podcast. Uh, all right. The other part of uh, Jenna Dios's question was, uh, it's the opening game for the 2024 season. Whew. What is your prediction as to what current Knicks are on the team? Oh, God. <laughs> this is impossible to predict. All right. I-, I was just thinking about this the other day. Think about what Knicks were on this team five years ago. And none of them, right? None. Literally none. <laughs> but, like, just think about what the roster was. It was like Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, Carmelo Anthony. Kristaps Porzingis, like that feels like 15 years ago now, and that was only five years ago. Yeah, yeah I think I'd, I'd pretty confidently say RJ, OB, and quickly, and then Mitch is the one that's very 50-50 to me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm i going to be hopeful, sort of, and I'll say that Randall is still on the team. But 
that's probably not a good prediction, but we'll say maybe Randall. But I think in an ideal world we get uh, an improvement on Randall, but yeah, probably. I, I, like I will him. say so the odds for Knox have gone up like forty percent since the preseason. Yeah, he might be a good candidate to stick around for a while because people aren't going to like super buy him. But if the shooting is real, I mean, he could be a good, nice piece for them. He's a good role player. That's what it, that's the trajectory yeah. yeah. he's on. Yeah, uh, this was uh, it, this sort of bleeds into another question actually. So our next question, this one, this one feels like it's dripping with a little bit of sarcasm. But mm. uh, Nick with a knack at Nick with a knack on Twitter asked, "Do you think Frank will ever be healthy for more than twenty games?" What's ironic is that Frank has actually not missed that many games in his NBA career. But it just feels like he does because every time he starts to put things together, he gets hurt for like four games and then comes back and has to start from square one again. So, but he's actually somewhat healthy. Well, like, that's that's what I was uh, saying the other day. We were talking about this. He hasn't missed a lot of time, but he it's been a lot of like short stints uh you know on the dl and then you you come back a little rusty and it takes a while so it's like it's been a lot of starting and stopping with him even though overall he's played um it's frustrating i don't know like i i do worry that he's one of these guys who even if he's not had a major injury is just always kind of dealing with something but it hasn't been major and that's a really positive sign and he is like young and putting on muscle and shit. And sometimes you have those sort of like growing pain injuries, which like groin ankle, you know, it's, they're annoyingly serious for how long they fuck you up during a season, but they're obviously long-term not serious at all. So I could see him soon coming into a stretch where he's like almost an iron man because otherwise he looks like he's just built like (laughs) so beautifully and powerfully. Um, uh, Just had to be as creepy as possible. But uh, yeah, no, I, I could see him being healthy, but I, there's there's a part of me that that is like semi concerned about it, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. all I would note is we've seen guys before that get hurt a ton earlier in their career. Like Steph was constantly yeah. dealing with ankle stuff; he got over it. Another Warrior, Sean Livingston, had that devastating knee injury. He came back, as far as I remember, he's pretty much healthy his last five years or so in the league. So you you, you see plenty of dudes early on, and I think. I mean, a lot of it is just kind of figuring out what, what works for each player, like in terms of sleep schedule and nutrition. And, and I guess just with all the advantages that modern NBA guys in general, unless it's like a Michael Porter Jr. situation where they had a congenital condition coming into the league, I, I tend to bet that bad injury luck isn't going to last. Obviously, with Frank, it's it's towing the line of, of the point of getting a little suspicious because there's just all these different like lower body injuries, and it always – to Alex's point, like it seems like every like fifteen games, one kind of happens. But I, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm going to be optimistic, like James. I think I think he gets over it sooner or later. The question is, will he be a Nick when he does? I think he'll figure it out too. Look at some of the like other players that had a rep for being injury prone early in their careers, and some of the, some guys legitimately had like real real injury problems, like Grant Hill and stuff like that. Like there are just some guys that early in their career while they're growing into their body, just can't stop getting hurt. And then they figure it out over time. But like Frank already sort of has like a wily old vets skill set, So I think that he'll be able to grow into that, like old man strength body and eventually just never get injured again. And he'll just be like a defensive stopper for years. Like he'll be like 
if he ever beefs up a little bit, I could I could really see almost like a career renaissance where he ends up like PJ Tucker or something like, and just is like pure muscle and length and like able to defend anybody. I don't know. There's a world where I could see that happening, but hopefully he you know figures it out in his current form, and you know the Knicks can reap the benefits. I don't know for certain that that'll happen, but nobody nobody knows for sure. Uh, to move to our next question, though, we had a light a late ad here because uh, we asked for any. James specific questions. James, this isn't really just for you. Well, it sort of is. It's a James question specifically, uh, but not a James Marcita question. So oh. I'll ask this real quick. This comes from uh, Mike Plug at Mike Plug on Twitter. Uh, frequent PNT commenter back in the day supports us a lot. Strickland, so shouts to Mike. Uh, Mike, Mike asks P. Mike P. Uh, Mike asks better James, LeBron James, James Harden, or Jerome James. James, I'll throw that to you, James. Mm, a lot of unsavory choices here. <laughs> this is like it's like voting for president. Am I right? Hey, you better you better put a rim shot in post, or I will kill you. <laughs> put him. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, who do I hate the most? I guess James Harden for sure, because he's just a bum who's never won anything. And flops and is trying to ruin the game. Uh, I don't like Jerome James. He came here and sucked. So yeah, uh, LeBron has been. Yeah, uh, LeBron's the best of these. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. I would say so as well. Uh, Jer- Jerome James was a really bad choice of Knicks players that had James in their name. I, although they really haven't had many James, have they? Yeah. Who else? Uh. Bronny James in, in five years. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> draft. Bronny James, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Bronny James. Ugh. That concludes that question. So to move to our next one. All right. That's it for today's episode with James Marcita, the former host of Locked on Knicks. We do have one more of this magical 800th episode celebration that we have with James, though where we finished answering up your mailbag questions. Uh, we had a question about whether the Knicks should go after a stretch five. You know, there's a few on the market right now and or available for trade for not too much, if they should go for someone like that. Uh, a few hypotheticals, you know, uh, would you rather in a way uh, that we got asked. We have a, a question asking what scenario would make us want to be buyers versus sellers at the trade deadline versus like staying put which is an interesting discussion uh, and whether we see quickly and RJ sitting in important stretches down the stretch for this team as a normal thing and a bunch of other stuff. There's a, a lot of other little topics to get into in the final episode. We clean up the January mailbag right in time to probably within the first week of February, ask for a February mailbag. <laughs> so that's coming up on the next episode of Locked on Day.